Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Make sure you're subscribing to Five Reasons YouTube. If you hit that subscribe button, you will know the posts up 5R as soon as the game ends, before floor, an hour before every game begins, and shows throughout the week on all South Florida sports. Also, fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. Unlike the newspapers, we do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. So many of our sponsors are local. That includes our friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. You can find them at youbreakwheelfix.com or in North Miami. Talking about culture, the wheel repair, refinish, and custom wheel specialist offers the big three of all your car wheel needs with over 20 years of experience. You Break Wheel Fix repairs damaged wheels from curb rash, cracks, and bends, all under one roof with in-house powder coating, CNC machining, and polishing. They also to offer new custom wheels and tires from your favorite brands such as Vossen, Fuel Off-Road, just to name a couple. They now offer no credit check financing up to $5,000 for a new set of wheels. Make sure you've mentioned five reasons. You'll get a discount. They got fast turnaround times on all repairs, and they even provide loaner wheels in many cases. So check them out. It's over in North Miami off of Biscayne Boulevard and Northeast 146th Street. That's in the Miami Shores area. Go to youbreakwheelfix.com or call 305 748 0112-305-748-0112. Reach out to Mark at You Break Wheel Fix, changing the way that you see wheels. And now, tonight's episode. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Uh, with me for t- tonight's show uh, is Brady Hawk. You can follow him in, follow him at BradyHawk305. Uh, tonight's floor plan, uh, pretty it's going to be a fun one because we're going to break down uh, the Miami heats 99 82 victory over the Philadelphia 76ers at home. Uh, it was a game that was not the most uh, aesthetically pleasing game. We'll say uh, there were some definitely some clunky moments, but overall the heat gutted it out. Um, and now are a full three games up in this uh, Eastern conference standings. And I just want to reiterate as we open here to everybody that uh, and I said this early on in the season and I just want to come back to it and I just want to acknowledge it as we are getting closer to the end of this season. Um, I have never been more confident about a Miami Heat team being a contender, being able to go and win a championship since LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh had heat uniforms on like that's just um, I felt that very early on. 
one seed I didn't even think was possible. The fact that they're positioning themselves in a way that now they're going to, um, you know, this maybe with, you know, if there was some really bad collapse, they could fall out of the one seed, but three games up is a lot at this point. Um, so to me, I just, uh, I think it's important to just, uh, recognize that they're they're so much better than i think any of us thought that they could be uh and so now i jump off the soapbox i just i had to say that we have to give this team flowers there's so much brady said it before this show started and i'm gonna let him talk now um he was like this team is just so much fun and it's so true like it from a sheer basketball perspective it is so much fun there were some things that weren't as fun but brady let's start with the fun stuff Tyler Hero, um, I want your uh, key takeaways from the game because you dissecting the game is going to do a lot more for our listeners than me. Uh, but also, I'd love to hear just uh, what you thought about Tyler's game because I thought he did some really, really interesting things against this Philadelphia team. Yeah, I think the first thing, and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more, was the zone that they saw because they just saw it for such a long period. Uh, but not to get into it too much right now, but the way that when Tyler entered, he was their only zone buster that they had on this roster tonight. Like he was the only guy and he immediately got them to shift it a little bit. Then when they got to the bench unit, uh, they started going zone and kind of shifting into man midway through the possession. Cause Tyler was kind of just breaking the middle of the top of the zone, getting to his floater, which is becoming a staple of his game. We constantly talk about the mid range pull up. We talked about so many things recently, just kind of over this recent stretch strictly that floater has just been really something. And I had something I asked him about a couple of games ago was like, disguising it with the lob pass because it's something, first of all, that the guy on the other side, James Harden, basically mastered. Trey Young's really good at. Uh, he's getting to that level of kind of disguising it in a way that it's making it hard to defend. Uh, so that's kind of where it starts. I just feel like, for one, being able to get to those spots, I feel like is discussed because we, I feel like last season we discussed in so many of these podcasts the separation thing of just trying to get yeah. to those spots on the floor. He's getting to those spots and he's taking advantage of those spots. So that's what kind of sticks out. Uh, and a lot of the times where he's doing his best work is in the lineups where he's the headliner, where he's running these bench lineups and he has Gabe and Caleb and Max and Deadman next to him. And he's just going, uh, it's just big time stuff. I just looked at over his last six games, uh, he's averaging 25 a night. And I think they're five and one in that stretch, probably one of their biggest stretches of the season, one of their toughest schedule, you know, little slates of games that they've had. Like if this doesn't, isn't a, uh, headline of being six man of the year. I don't know what is because for him to take over in this way, uh, one turnover away from going four and against a bulls bucks, nets, sixers, four games slate is pretty impressive, but it's just more about the way that he's doing it. One for three from deep tonight. Like I like that number. I like that. He doesn't have to rely on the three pointer and have to go into that strictly that he's able to kind of dissect defenses. I talked about last game, the pick and roll stuff. We're still seeing that obviously not as much tonight because we saw zone, uh, but that next level to kind of dissect these things inside the arc is just what kind of sticks out for him in, in a playoff setting. Because we always talk about half-court offense and, and kind of going down in the playoffs. I think they have a lot of trust in him in that setting compared to last season in the first round. No, I totally agree. I think that there is a degree – when you see him getting those two-point buckets, you know that he's feeling good because yeah. he's not um, just kind of – relying on a step back three pointer and hoping that you're hot that night, you know, you know, he's really getting to, to the spots that he wants to get to. I'm totally with you there. Um, the, and, and we're going to touch on a bunch of guys. So just so you listeners know, as, as we we're, we're, we're going to go quickly, but I do, we, 
there's a lot of guys that I want to discuss about tonight's game and how they kind of uh, showed up or did not. Um, and one is uh, the guy that you named there um, that was part of some of these lineups with Tyler, where Tyler gets to be the headline scorer. But towards the end of the game, when the when the zone had bogged the heat down to the point where I think every heat fan was like, can the clock just run out? Caleb Martin came up with two huge, huge defensive plays to completely disrupt their ability to even get into any kind of zone or anything like that. Um, Caleb Martin, he's so impressive. Brady, I don't know how the hell they um, found a player with this much talent that fits in and has such athletic ability and that nobody had him. That just blows my mind. Talk about Caleb Martin tonight specifically. Yeah, I think speaking of the zone again, we were kept talking about how are they going to break it. When they started getting a rhythm with that second unit, it was like, stay with this group. And they kind of did. They inserted Jimmy in uh, for Gabe to get a little get a little bit more size. Uh, and they rode that lineup out, and that obviously led to good things. But if you look at the box score, you see 14 points, two steals, zero rebounds, zero assists. Like, if you were box score watching tonight, that'll stick out as your opinion of Caleb Martin because he simply took over. After the first steal, he got that steal where he hit the pass and then got the open dunk. After that point, every possession he had his fingerprints on because he had straight rotations, the top of the zone, he was everywhere, uh, just altering shots offensively. Um, he was about to take another corner three, and then he got the foul call when he did that sidestep that's becoming a signature of his. Uh, he's just doing so many things, and we talked about this the other day after, uh, I think it was the Nets game, where we said, like, his biggest moments have come in the biggest games at the biggest times where he shows up in clutch moments that I just feel like when we talk about rotations and we talk about depot day coming up on Monday, the stuff he provides, like it doesn't come down to him scoring offensively, which it does with a lot of these guys. It comes down to him just being out there, like the defense, the being in the right spot, like all that stuff matters. And when it comes down to it in the fourth quarters, he just always is, but it's also five for seven from the field, like his efficiency every night, like everything is aligned with a heat player. Uh, that it really is wild to your point that they found this guy out of nowhere that it was just so let me get the second half of a twin to take a flyer on and now he's closing games in the biggest stretch of your season really just makes no sense right thanks j cole i heard i read that article (laughs) i think it was from the charlotte observer shout out i can't think of the author at the at this moment um but shout out to that article where it talked about j cole got connected with karan butler to get Caleb Martin uh, a look-see from Miami and now look at them. Because you're right, like, think about this four-game gauntlet, this Chicago, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia thing. Like, Caleb Martin plays an integral role in all of those series, but in different ways. It's just, it's it's weird the way to to even be able to quantify what he does, because you're right, he's like a hooper. Like, he just... You don't you're not looking for him to do one specific thing. You just put him on the court and, and he just connects things together. So uh, definitely shout out to Caleb Martin. We got a lot, couple of other guys I want to talk about because um, Bam Adebayo didn't have the greatest game at times. And I, I think that there's there's a conversation to be had there about the matchup with Embiid. Um, but before we go any further, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and one that uh, works very closely with myself. Um, all of my appearances on five on the floor are sponsored by water cleanup of Florida, go to watercleanupflorida.com. So if you're looking for, um, a property damage assessment, anything that has to do with, um, 
you know, if you had uh, water damage or you have mold or you need anything, uh, water removal or extractions, uh, drying, dehumidif dehumidifying, mold remediation. Uh, these are all things that uh, they can provide for you. Uh, cleaning and disinfecting. So they're, they're experts at all those things. They are um, servicing Delray Beach, but also all different parts of South Florida. They are uh, proudly serving Boca Raton, Delray Beach, Boynton Beach, Coral Springs, Parkland. Uh, so that's water, mold, fire, rebuild, 24-hour, even emergency service. So you can contact them at 561-408-7835. Uh, Michael and the team there are great. They'll take great care of you. That's 561-408-7835. That's Water Cleanup of Florida. Visit them at watercleanupflorida.com. All right. I am still sick. So I, uh, I apologize to the listeners for my, um, my voice. And also, um, just the fact that you have to listen to this nasally version of, of myself. Cause I know I usually sound like that, uh, anyway, but so back to this game, um, bam out of bio versus Joel Embiid. I started getting messages in the first quarter. Does bam look shook? Does he look intimidated by Joel Embiid? And I didn't think he looked into He didn't look intimidated. He looked like he was like too excited for the matchup or something like that. Um, what did you see? Like, do you, do you think that I'm onto something that he was just a little too hyped? Uh, you know, he didn't shoot well, came up big at the end. Um, what, what was your thoughts on Bam's performance? Cause when you look at three of 10, six points, you're thinking, Oh no, this is not a good Bam game, but they ended up finding a way to win anyway. Yeah, to me, it wasn't the Embiid factor. It was the 2-3 zone factor. Uh, like, that was the biggest part of the 2-3 zone for me. When I'm watching this, the way to exploit it is Bam Adebayo. Like, he's the way to get this. So we talk about, you know, you have to get the ball in the middle. That's where you make your decisions. That's where you make your kickouts. That's where you make everything from that spot on the floor. But the way to get to that point is you have to take advantage of the shot in front of you before you start making those kickouts and making those reads. And he just wasn't taking the mid-range jumper Uh he almost split carries in a lot of ways with Jimmy in the middle of the floor, but Jimmy wasn't taking that shot either. That's why I was saying before, like ride out this bench lineup because they can kind of dissect this zone a little bit more uh, than what we saw from the starting lineup. But it was just more about Bam taking that shot. And it's the same thing we talked about, you know, with the Brooke Lopez factor of taking the mid range jumper when it's there or different bigs that drop off. Uh, he just has to be confident in himself. Like it doesn't matter what the box score says. It doesn't matter if he, how many shots he's missed before that point. Like, to get to a certain point in the Heat's offense, they need him to be aggressive, but they also, against these certain coverages, need him to take certain shots. And that was just one of these nights where uh, that's where it kind of comes down to me. Like, it didn't feel like one of those nights where he needed to attack because there wasn't really an opening there for him to attack. There wasn't a matchup for him to attack. It was just taking that jumper and just living yeah. with it. Uh, but it really didn't get to that point. They ended up taking advantage anyway with basically Tyler taking over. But I think that's what's interesting about this team. We talk about the future, the two players. If these two players can bounce off each other in these ways, where if he can take Tyler can take advantage of Bam having a rough night, or Bam can take advantage of Hero having a misrotation or a bad uh, defensive play on the other end, like that's what makes this duo so interesting. Because up to this point, up to this past maybe two week stretch, I don't think I've been to this level of saying these two can play and bounce off each other at this way. That's a really good point. And a couple other things about a couple other things about Bam's performance that I think is worth pointing out six points three 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. 10 he still got up double digit field goal attempts in 31 minutes so just like for reference when he shot 21 shots against san antonio he played 34 minutes uh when he got up 30 or 21 shots uh at new orleans he played 35 minutes just so recently he played 37 minutes 33 minutes in, in recent games where he got up 17 and 15 shots so he still he was aggressive. And I think that that's important that we continue to see that from Bam. And here's the other part of it. Um, he didn't just shrink in terms of getting heady because his shot wasn't falling. He was still active on the glass. I think that uh, there were some plays defensively that um, that he still played, uh, you know, well and did the things that he needed to do. Uh, you know, just with managing Embiid and all of the, the the flailing and the fouls that really were annoying the hell out of me. Uh, so ultimately for me, this, uh, it looks like a much worse BAM game than I actually think it really is uh, in the grand scheme. But let's move to Jimmy because Jimmy, I felt like they couldn't guard Jimmy tonight. Jimmy looked sharp. He looked sharper than he's looked recently. Um, I know he had four turnovers, so that's never great, but uh, got to the free throw line, was efficient, just looked like he had his touch back. Um, I, I guess it's good that he had a, a couple days off, and hopefully if they can, can secure the one seed, he'll get more of those. Um, any, anything special from Jimmy tonight, or was it stat quo for the, for the most part from your perspective? Yeah, I don't want to over point out the zone, but that's like another element is I just kind of point out was the – that kind of threw off his field goal percentage because I would agree. Like, I felt like his touch was back tonight. I felt like around the rim specifically, like he was finishing well. Six of 15 ended up going because it felt like he was doing those like one hand push shots on the free throw line that was just really unconventional in that zone. So uh, I think too. it was, I think in that third quarter, I think Butler and Bam were like two of nine combined and they were like the ones that took all the shots except a couple from Tyler at the end of the third. Uh, that's problematic. I know Spo just said something along the lines after the game that they may end up seeing more zone. Like if teams are watching what they just did, uh, having these issues, some teams are going to throw it at them and they have to be able to respond. I think this is a good thing that they saw it because at this point of the season, they need time to kind of figure that out, figure out that coverage. Uh, but Jimmy's going to be a big piece of that as well. But he did look sharp, like eight of 11 from the line. When he has the two factors of finishing well around the rim and getting to the line, like that's important. Uh, and it's also specifically getting to the line against this team because when they have Harden and they have Embiid, we know that they can kind of dictate pace because of the way they can get to the line. If Jimmy can semi-match that, because he's not going to do it at the same level, but if he can kind of match that in ways, uh, and Kyle's also in this realm, because if he can do it too, they're going to have to draw pace, get the pace back in their direction in this type of matchup. And I think Jimmy has the ability to do it because of the reason of we talked about with the Bucks. Like This is a team where he can hunt a Tyrese Maxey, he can hunt these type of guys. And that's when he can get into his jumper. It's when he gets into his finishing because he's just much better when he gets those type of switches. Yeah, no, you're right. There's, there's a difference between what Milwaukee can throw at Jimmy and the things that Philadelphia can do. They're, they're going to have to do some collective stuff that Milwaukee just has bigger bodies that can do individually. Um, 
So spot on there. Uh, we're we're going to close up shop on this game, uh, go, cover a couple more things that I thought were noteworthy, um, and then look ahead, not look ahead too far, though, because we're going to do an entire episode uh, dedicated to the return of Victor Oladipo. Um, but before we do want to tell you about one more of our great sponsors here at the Five Reasons Sports Network and Five on the Floor, and that is Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app on the planet. It is super easy. Daily fantasy made easy. It's basically like three steps. One, you go on the app and you pick your favorite stars. You can select anywhere between two and five players, regardless of sport. You choose their over and under. So you pick whether each player will do well or they're going to have an off day. You know, they'll have all of their statistics there. They'll give you a number. Are they going to go over this many points, under this many points? Like tonight, Bama or Jimmy Butler was 19.5. I went over and... um I hit that one. I didn't hit all of them, though, unfortunately. But the fun part of it is uh, you can stack the players together and then you can do like a four pick or a three pick power play or a flex play. So essentially you pick, you watch your players win. You can win up to 10 times your money. Use the promo code five. That's F-I-V-E. Use that when you sign up and deposit. It will double your initial deposit up to $100. So that's Prize Picks. Download the app wherever you download apps, but go to prizepicks.com for more information. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E, to double your initial deposit up to $100. All right, Brady. A um, couple more things, and we're going to close out here. Uh, I thought it was interesting that um, PJ Tucker and Duncan Robinson were such non-factors. It felt like I thought that that was an interesting wrinkle here um, that Max Struess, you know, ended up finding ways to, to get open. I guess maybe it's just because he just doesn't care and just throws it up from wherever. Um, so I, I, I'm interested to hear your, your thoughts about how PJ and Duncan fared tonight. And then uh Gabe Vincent had a great game and I don't think we should go this whole podcast and not mention him. So we need to mention yeah. him at some point. I'm trying to hit everybody uh, so that it's equal opportunity for everybody. But the last part that I'd, I'm interested to hear from you on is, uh, do you think this would have been any different and how so if James Harden had played? So, uh, so first let's skip on back to PJ and Duncan Robinson, and then we'll close with the James Harden stuff. Yeah, I think the PJ element, was I think early, really early on, he had the one field goal was when Bam kind of hit him in the pocket. He had that little baseline floater. After that, he didn't hit another shot. And I think that has a lot to do with, once again, the zone. And the reason I keep bringing up the zone, first of all, is we saw the zone basically the entire game. Like, this wasn't one of the Heat's little stretches. Like, they faced this 76ers zone uh, basically the entire second half. Uh, so that kind of restricts some things because the corner sprays just weren't really there especially with the way that, like I said before, Bam and Jimmy in the middle weren't taking advantage. So the kickouts weren't there. They were kind of flying out. And he's not a guy that's going to take a contested uh, in any fashion in the corner. Like, it's going to be a wide-open look, and he just wasn't getting many of those. I think that's another reason why he didn't close. Part of it was that that lineup was rolling. The other part of it, I just don't think this was a matchup that he was really needed at the end of the game defensively, and he wasn't providing things offensively in that way. Uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, second half, I don't think he even had an attempt. Uh, but the thing is, is he's an element of this matchup that I think is the exploitable piece. Like if they were to match up in a playoff series, I think he's the difference maker because as we saw early on with the way Embiid plays on that deep drop. Um, yeah, they leave. It's, it's basically you have to eliminate his individual defender. It's just like eliminate one guy and he's going to get a decent look. 
and he just has to take advantage of it. Like it just comes down to Duncan hitting open shots in that series. Uh, and I think many people will take, you know, that bet most nights. Um, it's also an element of putting Thibel. If they, he gets going, they have to put Thibel on him to try to d- take those screens. Then it leaves a guy like Tyler open and then lets him kind of go. Uh, so I feel like Duncan in that type of series really opens things up. We didn't really get to see it that much in this one, but I think, um, Kyle being back kind of opens that up a little bit more because with the ball handling he has, it kind of gets Duncan other looks. He's not the, the focal point, but it really does just come down for him. It's hitting open shots. And then Gabe. He kind of did Caleb, it. Instead of Duncan doing it, Gabe did it tonight. You know what I mean? Which is weird because I feel like everybody loves to compare Max and Duncan, but yep. Gabe and Duncan are kind of comparable in those ways. Uh, but he is a guy that I feel like he goes into the radar so many times because we're getting to the point where we expect it. Like we expect a six of eight night, a four of six from three, a 16 point night. Like the things he's providing in that way. And a lot of those threes, much like I said with Caleb, a couple of those shots were like really big, like where it cut down to four or five or three and he hits a three and he kind of puts it right back up to where it was. That stuff's just so important. I think, like I said, they put Jimmy in for him late because of the size thing, uh, but he's able to max up, match up with Maxi in that way. And he's able to provide things offensively. Like when we're talking about rotations and I know we keep having this debate, but I feel like Caleb is the most flexible because he's the most consistent in that way on both ends that Gabe, I think is the perfect player to have as a spark piece. Like if we're looking at a thing, like I don't think they have to go straight eight or straight nine, like they can switch it up in a second half and go with a different eight or nine. Like when right. we're talking about them going down, like I think that's Gabe's role. Because I think it could be from game to game as well. Like, there could be a game that they say, like, we need some more offense in this one after a tough game one. That's what he's going to be because he can really provide that. And he's not like these other offensive punches that really just give things up on the other end. Because, as we know, he competes on that end at a very, very high level. So he's just an interesting piece to add in to that type of mix. But he's also a guy that you can make the argument could be there consistently. Uh, So it'll be interesting. But this was just another big game night. Uh, It's just another of these nights where you look at the stat sheet. It was just a lot of these guys provided something and that's what makes uh, this team so interesting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on Gabe. Uh, and especially like, because he doesn't have all the defensive deficiencies. I just, I, I, I am going to be fascinated to see Eric Spolstra figure out a way to keep Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent off the court, because that kind of defensive yeah. stuff that they do, like Spoh's int- intuition is to just play those kind of guys, but you know how many, you know how crowded this rotation is. So that that that's going to be fun, especially. Do you think they could go ten? I think they could, but in the scenario that you mentioned it, and and but it was so it would be spot minutes. So like he would be on on the in the box score, and he would have seven minutes. You know what I mean? But like right. he would have played for just a stretch. Uh, I think that they could deploy him on a certain player. If somebody who's really, you know, getting off and they just want to, um, you know, like guard him half uh, full court and, and, yeah. and, and just turn him a hundred times or something like that. Um, I could see Gabe doing that also because of his hot shooting. Uh, so, so I'm with you there, but I, I don't know. I think eventually they'll get to a point where it'll, it'll settle down to nine. And that's just the, the fascinating part. Uh, so, so lastly, as we close here, um, I don't think that this game would have gone that much differently if James Harden played. I don't think James Harden was in the mind frame to want to play, but um, I, I, I don't know. I think that they still would have probably deployed that zone because James Harden needs to be hidden himself. And I think he wouldn't make as great decisions as most people do. You, am I off there? Do you think that they would have had a different game plan? 
I definitely don't think Miami would have had a different game plan. That's what stuck out to me is that I said before this game earlier in the day that they were going to obviously put PJ and Harden, Bam on a beat and kind of predict the switches, which I think is a win for both as they've been doing. Um, they basically altered it to doing it with Maxi and Embiid, where they just shifted the whole plan uh, over one guy. And they put PJ on Maxi right out the gate, and they were predicting the switches. Uh, that's why I don't think it would have gone totally differently in that way. But I think the free throw box score would look a lot different. I think maybe Embiid's looks would look a lot different because obviously he gets a lot easier looks. So it's just hard to say in that way. But we can also say that how would things have looked offensively with Kyle in there? Because I don't think they would have been able to stay in that zone as long if Kyle Lowry was in there. Like we can dissect this zone thing and I could go on and on about the things that went wrong tonight. But if Kyle Lowry's in there, they cannot go zone for a whole half or even a whole quarter um, because he can put guys and he directs traffic and he knows where to put the ball. Uh, So I think that's just kind of all up in the air that we could discuss. But I think I'm just interested in that. That's the reason I wanted to see Harden play tonight is I'm interested to see how they defend that combo because we know they defended beat like we saw right out the gate they were throwing three guys essentially at him beat yeah uh and i think like four straight possessions they, they i called them as like the play make cork Maz beat you because they just kept swinging it to cork Maz and he think he bricked like three straight threes like that's what they want you to do the issue is that if you're doubling or tripling and beat and hardens on that backside making the decisions it's just a lot tougher and i just yeah. wonder how they kind of handle that and if they just have total trust in maybe if Bam's switching on Harden, they're saying, okay, we have total trust in him making the rotation and just kind of hounding Harden. Uh, I'm just totally interested in that way, but I still feel, as I've said for a while, is like I think the Heat are pretty comfortable against these inside-the-art teams. Like They can defend them much more comfortably, and it's not because of like Jimmy, the free safety and doubling. It's just because this is one of the most sound Heat rotation teams i've seen like they're always there on the rotation it has a lot to do with these same guys we're discussing gabe and caleb um they're just really sound in that way that this game plan fits this team so well that i'm i'm interested to see how they would kind of deal with that combo yeah no they're on a string and uh i'm interested too i mean harden's a little bit of a ball stopper in ways so uh i i don't know i mean i know he gets lots of assists but we know how he gets those assists uh, but I digress with James Harden for, for the night. Uh, so, so, so let's just recap quickly here for everybody. Without Kyle Lowry, the Miami Heat beat the Chicago Bulls. Um, they almost beat Milwaukee. I mean, like literally one point, Drew Holiday. Oh, I mean, Bam almost got that shot, by the way. We didn't ever even talk about that, really. Or maybe we did. I've been sick with the flu, so I could have missed uh, y'all talking about that. Uh, they beat Brooklyn, no Kyle, and now they've beaten Philadelphia. They are three games up in the loss column. They are the one seed in the Eastern Conference. That means the Eastern Conference will go through Miami if things hold as they are today. And right now, Philadelphia and Milwaukee are in the 2-3, so that would, I think, be the best-case scenario. Things are looking good. So uh, let, let's uh, let's hope it continues. Thank you for hanging with us. Uh, Next episode will be all about Victor Oladipo as we gear up for his return against Houston on Monday. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Water Cleanup of Florida and prizepicks.com. Use the code five there. Thanks, Brady, for joining us. And uh, as I always say, Ethan doesn't say it, but I do. Let's go, Heat. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.